Strike first, strike hard, and listen to the podcast. Hey, you sitting there with a bowl of popcorn, wondering what to stream on TV? Fear not, we're the Q-Busters, Andrew and Ken. Grab some snacks and enjoy a fresh look at the hottest shows, movies, and streams. I'm Andrew, he's Ken. How you doing, Ken? What are we talking about today? What are we talking about today, Ken? So, Sensei, Andrew, and Ken will be talking about Cobra Kai Season 4. Hiya! Uh, this was great. It debuted on Netflix last week, and we are going to talk everything Cobra Kai Season 4, including spoilers. So, if you haven't seen it yet, listen to the first part of the show, because we are going to touch on some things not Cobra Kai related and then check back later. Yeah, so let's jump right into it. Did you watch anything for Cure Bust non-spoilery that you want to talk about? That was my weekend, Cobra Kai. So I'm um, trying to think, you know, I didn't really see anything new or exciting other than this wonderful masterpiece uh fair enough i also watched cobra kai so <laughs> we'll get into that <laughs> next let's get into a couple of different pieces of news first and foremost uh betty white has passed away at the age of 99 weeks short of her 100th birthday the most famous actress ever i would yeah uh, yeah i mean she's definitely an icon it's somebody that was beloved and had a huge following um, from Golden Girls, from The Proposal, um, many TV series. She was just kind of like that person you can plug into any role, and people were just drawn to it. She she was literally born before sliced bread. Yeah. So, greatest thing since sliced bread, let me tell you, bread, sliced bread was the greatest thing since Betty White. That's true. I, I was thinking about that over the weekend, like... 99 years old that's yeah. crazy like you have seen almost a whole century you've lived through pretty much everything yeah. wars um different eras you know you had the 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s the millennium yeah, yeah. in the 50s she was already in her 30s yeah that's just that's so wild to to be able to experience uh a life that she did and yeah, to make it 99 years is phenomenal yeah it's a good life lived she was a good person it sounds like hearts go out to her you know gotta touch on it because she truly is an icon but let's talk about a different icon ken one who doesn't wear pants but has a little red shirt his name is winnie the pooh that could have went so many different routes <laughs> Oh, that was intentional on my part. Um, <laughs> tell the fans about Winnie the Pooh, Ken. So, uh, Winnie the Pooh is now public domain. So, <laughs> that is pretty exciting news. Um, I couldn't believe when I saw it, but I guess it makes sense. So, Yeah, and when we say public domain, we should clarify. Because I think the first image that comes to mind when I think of Winnie the Pooh is, in fact, Winnie the Pooh with a little red shirt in the Disney movies. That Winnie the Pooh is not public domain. Disney has a separate copyright on that image of Winnie the Pooh. 
the book Winnie the Pooh is in the public domain. So you can create your own Winnie the Pooh stories, but you got to draw them like from scratch. You can't use the same images that are like commonplace. If you want to draw Winnie the Pooh, he's got to be wearing no shirt. You got to be completely naked teddy bear Winnie the Pooh is basically what's going on here. Just a little bit of clarification. Disney still has their trademark on Winnie the Pooh for another however many years. Um, so a yeah. fun little distinguishment there if anyone wants to make their own Winnie the Pooh stories. I think it would have been groundbreaking if it was the other way around because, you know, when it comes to kids' TV shows and kids' movies, I think Winnie the Pooh is still in top-tier mode along with, like, Alma and, you know, people of that nature. Yeah, I mean, like, I was just talking about it two weeks ago, right? like Christmas movie wise. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see like a bunch of like animated Winnie the Pooh stories coming and they just all look different. The same way you see a ton of different Christmas Carol interpretations and every Scrooge looks different. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the same thing. Just, you know, it's not going to be the Eeyore you remember. It's not going to be the Tigger you remember. It's not going to be the Christopher Robin you remember. That's good though. It it kind of, Gives people a chance to get creative with some really good property. Yeah, not to mention it probably encouraged Disney to make even more Winnie the Pooh stuff themselves. You know, to to like, you know, increase in competition, right? Oh yeah, the honey chase is on. Hey, I like that. Um, and finally, uh, the numbers are in for 2021. Uh. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, those movies have accounted for 30% of the box office money. So that's like three, four movies have accounted for all the money that came out of theaters in 2021. Granted, there was not a lot of theater going, but we've talked about on the podcast before, Ken, where if you want people to come out to the theater, you better have a Marvel movie. And the money proves that. Yeah, I mean, with COVID and everything going on right now, it's it's not exactly the the sexy spot to be going to movie theaters, but um, Marvel definitely has continued their streak, their movies sell, and, you know, you think about some of the best movies of the year. I haven't seen Spider-Man yet, you haven't either, but that's being talked as the number one movie this year, definitely crushing it in the box office. Then you got Shang-Chi and Black Widow and um, so many other countless films. If you want to include Venom in there, I mean, that did okay in the box office. Yeah. So, And that's not to mention, like, all the other properties Disney owns. Like, you know, any Pixar movie, that's going to do well, too. But that's not included in these numbers. This is just, like, Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I don't know the number, but Disney cleaned up way more than that 30% even in the kids, I would guess. Yeah, it's been the year of Disney yet again, because if you if you count in their TV shows, Hawkeye, Loki, you know, just merchandise. Yeah, the mouse has got deep pockets. (laughs) Um, Uh, I did have a bit of Marvel news before we get into Cobra Kai. Yeah, that is just that Morbius is being delayed yet again. So and this this is. the Sony Marvel vampire movie, right? Yeah, this is the Sony vampire movie that takes place 
in the Spider-Man universe, so um, or in Venom's universe, I guess you could say. <clears throat> Basically, there's been hints that Spider-Man could be in this movie. He's been on the posters. Uh, there's been hints that Michael Keaton's Vulture isn't going to appear. Um, I think it's personally being delayed because they continue to edit it to probably try to make it this big, bad movie, um, which could be um, a bad idea. So, you know, there's something about fan appreciation and fan service, but uh, Morbius is already a cool enough property that we've never really seen fleshed out in a Marvel movie before, so... Uh, hopefully they just release it soon. Uh, the other reason people don't release their movies right away is because they know it sucks. Uh, hopefully that's not the case. <laughs> I, th- I think it's more that, like, again, new COVID variant, less people are inclined to go. So they're hoping things settle down again. I think they pushed it to spring. Um, yeah. So, like, that's what I think that's the, the thing. You know, the bottom line is, they're trying to time it when the most people will go to the movies because right now people aren't going to go to the movies unless it's to see Spider-Man. So, Right. Let's talk about something that people could do right now in the comfort of their own home. Yes. So Cobra Kai Season 4 came out on Netflix last Friday, uh, just in time to start the new year, and we have thoughts on it. So, Andrew, I'll kind of let you kick it off yeah right off the bat full spoilers from this point forward <laughs> so thank you for listening we'll see you when you watch the season four of cobra kai in the meantime here we go ken we previously discussed Co- cobra kai season three do you recall yes and do you recall what i said about the ending of season three when eagle fang and miyadi Miyagi Do combined in the final episode. I would, I don't fully recall, but I would imagine it's the same feeling all of us had, which is this has got to be the greatest moment ever. Yes, but I was also hesitant because what I did not want was for them to waste my time with the Danny LaRusso versus, uh, what's his name? Johnny Lawrence. Thank you. Versus Johnny Lawrence. Wasting my time. They're fighting the whole time. They can't get their shit together. I did not want that this season. That is what I said last last time around. And you know what? That's what they gave us. But it wasn't as annoying as I thought it would be. No, I, I think... I think it's a good thing. Um... I, I, I really do. I, I think when you have a relationship that's complicated like theirs, it's not going to be water under the bridge. It's always going to be, these are two people that like to live in the past, that like to live in their glory days, but are also trying to change from their past and grow as people. Um, if they got along right away at the beginning of the season, the powerful impact that we got in the finale wouldn't be as meaningful. Yeah. I I think you're right. And there was struggles, right? Like, they struggled, and I expected struggles. I think it went on a little too long. Because there's a point where it's like, oh, I respect your style. I get it. And then after that, they, like, break up. I feel like the breakup could have been handled with more respect. Like, hey, you know what? 
we just have different styles and that's okay. And, and like, they were, they were a little too upset at each other during that breakup. Like I didn't care for the ending ending when they all came together. Like that could have been a thing without like, I'm just going to call it a breakup without the breakup that they had. Sure. Like, like the, I feel like there should have been a little more room for respect for one another's style. Just that, like, hey, we're going to compete, and that's okay. And, like, I, they, they did that a, a little bit, but I wanted a little more of that mutual respect, like, and, like, team effort against Cobra Kai. That's where you didn't get the message, my friend. The message is Cobra Kai, Eagle Fang, and Miyagi-Do, none of them are right. You got to take one from each of them to be the best. That, that That's... A good, that's what I liked about Robbie's character because this is the first time in four seasons where one character has like had their head on straight. He's like, everyone's insane. Just do what's best for you, and that's what Robbie did as a character, and he freaking nailed that. Absolutely. Let's let's kind of <clears throat> let's kind of retread really quick. Yeah. Let's, even though we're talking spoilers, let's that let's set the stage for people. Yeah. So basically, Cobra Kai season four takes off where season three left us where you had a big showdown with johnny danny robbie and sensei crease and -hmm. they're all fighting basically the end result is robbie's a part of cobra kai now um johnny and danny are together they're going to join forces to take down cobra kai once and for all they all agreed that they would not fight each other until the big valley tournament so that's basically like your final destination of the season. While that's cooking and brewing, we kind of got that teaser at the end of season three that Terry Silver is coming. Those who don't know, Terry Silver's from Karate Kid 3. He was partners with Sensei Kreese. They have a long history together that's fleshed out really well in season four. Yeah. Um, And they bring him on board, and he is a total con artist, which we'll get more into as the season goes on. But basically, you got Cobra Kai and then Eagle Fang Miyagi-Do. As the season comes on, there's many different side stories that go through, character arcs, new characters, um, lots of different things that we're going to get into in a couple seconds here, and then the big showdown at the end. So... Lot to like in season four, um, but now we can kind of get into real things, actually picking different topics so we can flesh yeah. this out. Great little summary there, Ken. Where do you want to start? So let, let's go ahead and start out at at the who's your favorite character from the season? Uh. It's Robbie, I think, because he shows, like, <laughs> he shows maturity, and yeah, he's still a Cobra Kai, and it's kind of a dick move, you know? Because at this, at this point, we're still calling it a dick move until, like, this, like, the penultimate episode where he's like, hey, you gotta use a little bit of everything to figure it out, you know? Um, but, like... I like his composure in this, and if it's not him, I really like uh, Tori's story arc. I think her story is just the most compelling. Yeah, I I definitely agree 
Robbie and Johnny Lawrence are my two favorite characters. Um, I will agree with you that Tori has probably the the most significant story arc because she's just a character throughout most of the series that you don't like, right? She's kind of like this this mean girl, this rebel, and like season four really fleshes her out where we kind of yeah. get to see where she's coming from and what kind of struggles she has and basically how the world just you know dumps on her all the time and yeah she never really gets love respect or a chance really she usually has to work crummy jobs and yeah um, it's it's unfortunate uh, but yeah for me robbie has always kind of been since ever since he was introduced to us he's kind of been my favorite character he's just got a lot to like about him Obviously, when he was a part of Danny LaRusso's team early on, you never wanted him to ever waver because he really became quickly one of the best karate kid, you know, fighters that there were. And then the end of season three was so heartbreaking because he decides to join forces with the evil side. And then season four, just everything about him was just perfect. I really wanted him to find his own groove and kind of regain composure. And that's pretty much what we get. You know, there were so many times he could have taken a bad path and easily collapsed back into the sour grapes Robbie or evil Robbie. But every time he had consequence or a choice to make, he took the higher route, I think. Yeah, I think every time he was faced with a choice this season, he made the right choice, or he was always trying to make the right choice, which I can't say for other characters, right? Um, But again, I have to remember, these are teenagers, and they are not going to make the right choice all the time. One last thought on Tori. I really liked her character last season, too. You don't like her as a character, you know, because that's how they wrote her. You're not supposed to. But, like, you, you understand where she's coming from. Um, and I think without her, the ending with uh, John Kreese makes like is unearned. Like oh, it, it all depends on her. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I the only the other character that I really like is Johnny Lawrence. I think since season one, he's yeah. been the heart and soul of the show. I agree. Um, Danny Larusso is a great character too. But Danny LaRusso's already polished. He's already the winner. He's already the good guy. He's already got the perfect wife and the perfect family. Um, he's got the the style down. He's just a successful person, right? Yeah, I liked him this season, though. They showed how stubborn he was. Because he is successful doing things his way. And he was stubborn in looking at other ways. And they did a good job showing that this season. Like... He has faults. Like, yes, he's trying to do things the right way, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have faults. And I think they did a good job showing that. Yeah. And that's why I think I like Johnny so much, because Johnny is just this really lovable guy that, like, he doesn't even know what Facebook is or Twitter. And um, he thinks ham out of a package is, like, a gourmet gourmet meal. (laughs) Yeah. He's just awesome, you know. He's always listening to 80s rock. 
Uh, he hasn't adapted into the new era, really. He's still stuck in, like, the past, like, when he has to approach the girls to join the team. That was a great <laughs> moment. He's just... He's so good, and you always want to yeah. root for him to, like, fix his life because yeah. every, every time you think something's finally going to go his way and he's finally going to reclaim some some of his mistakes, it just it 180s on him and something else breaks, you know? Yeah. Um, he's I think he's the heart of the show because yeah. everything revolves around his choices, really, and... Um, He's he's a lot of people's characters arcs and growths and also really has some of the funniest moments. Um, whenever he calls that kid penis breath, I, I'm dying. <laughs> you know, every time. <laughs> just and his unorthodox tactics are just amazing. You know, like the hockey fight that he starts. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. It's, we're. Where where in this season Robbie makes every right choice, Johnny's trying his best to make the right choices. He doesn't always make it, but you can see even over the course of the different seasons, he's getting better at reacting properly and trying to make the right choices. And like I respect him for it, and it makes him a, a like a, a fun character to watch and to root for. Yeah, because honestly, all of this is basically built around his mistakes and his awful choices, right? Like, he's the one that reopened Cobra Kai. He's the one that reignited his flame with Danny LaRusso. He's the one that brings back Sensei Kreese. He's the one that abandons Robbie. We we got to have a debate right here. You think it was Johnny Lawrence's fault that there's conflict? I would blame season one like any conflict on Danny LaRusso for having a problem with Johnny Lawrence trying to teach Miguel self-defense. Cause that's all he does in season one. Things escalate, but his original goal was just to help the kid out. And he figured out he could make money doing it. And he called it Cobra Kai cause Cobra Kai was important to his life. And Danny LaRusso is the one that started trashing him in season one. That's what I think personally. Yeah. But I mean, Cobra Kai stands for strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Like when he was teaching these kids, he was teaching them from his past, not realizing that these lessons are bad. You know, he he basically created these monsters. Um, no, he was the product of the, the creation, which we see from John Kreese. Because Miguel in that first season is a great balancing act. Like, hey, you can't do things this way. And he begins learning, oh, you're right. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, be an asshole all the time. That's why it's a, that's why it's such a nice show. Because it's like it's the same lessons but interpreted differently. You know? Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. Um, while we're on that, the messages in these shows are wonderful. Um they do go at great lengths to go over the top at sometimes with yeah. cyberbullying and things of that nature. But I think it's great to show how kids can stand up to bullies, how kids can stand up to their fears, um, how you can choose your own path. Yeah. Just because your parents did something doesn't mean you have to. Yeah. How um, kids should try to jump from building to building if they believe in themselves. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> and like they have just different ways that they view things. Like the one thing I do really like about Danny LaRusso's character is like his views of karate are a way of life, yeah. you know, about staying calm. And like, if you get into an argument, just walk away, be the bigger yeah. person, you know? Yeah. And like Johnny's ways, like, no, let's duel, you know? But, but you see, that's the thing. I agree that that's the way it comes across. But then you take, you know, his protege Miguel and to Miguel, it doesn't mean let's fight about it. It means let's face our problems head on, you know? It's it's not like walking away from a problem. It's like, hey, let's have a conversation about this problem so we can fix it. We're, you know, it's different style. The less, you know, it's like intention take, versus outcome to, type of deal. Yeah, take take one of each, put it together, and you got a new thing, right? And you got Robbie. Right. <laughs> like, so, yeah. I, I do like it in the finale, too. Um, my personal way I, I took it was Robbie purposely lost that fight versus Hawk or Eli, whatever you want to call him. Well, that's just so they could have the fight after that fight. That's that's all that was, right? Um, yeah, I think he deep down wanted Eagle Fang or Miyagi-Do to, to win somehow, right? I, well, didn't wasn't there a lesson in there for Robbie where it's like you're not defined by like whether or not you win the championship, you're defined by who you are as a person, and like right. that's the lesson he was supposed to take away from that. Yeah, and obviously that that showed that he did learn his lesson because you get that great moment between him and his dad uh, in the abandoned Cobra Kai shop, which was everything I wanted out of season four. So yeah, I forgot how, that's such a good moment. You're totally right. Yeah, we'll get to that. I'm, I'm sure that's in here somewhere. What, what other topics do we got for our fans? Okay, so that was us discussing our favorite characters. Uh, was there a character that was the most frustrating for you? This one's easy. I, I think we're gonna agree on this one, but maybe we won't. Uh, to me, it was Sam. Sam Larusso. Yep. Um, I've loved Sam through three seasons but season four not all of the time but most of the time she was just a jerk she was tori from season three she just all she could think about is payback and shoving it in this girl's face um and a lot of the times it was just uncalled for like there's a scene where they're in like a knockoff Chuck E. cheese place and tori's dressed up as a mermaid and sam's just there ripping into her um well there's all these little kids around and like you would think sam would be uh compassionate or maybe try to understand what tori's going through but instead she's just doesn't care because miguel had a history with hers and they don't like each other so she's just gonna remind her of that and it sucks that she couldn't have more character growth this season until the last episode really where she she realizes in order to have a chance she's gotta be a more balanced person yeah i think that i think like a big theme in the season at least that i took away is again like what lessons do you take away and in this season she's learning from johnny lawrence you know because the dojos are combined and so she takes away the wrong lessons like just like miguel took away the 
to write lessons, you know, and like it's going to show like it doesn't matter who's teaching it. The ma- matters like how these things are interpreted. Because uh, because besides her, the other like her brother, you know, whole life he's raised by his dad. Like both both the Larusso kids, like they just like regressed personality wise, and like they kept making the wrong decisions. And then uh, Robbie's protege Kenny, you know. Robbie tries to teach him all these lessons on, like, you know, be confident, be assertive, and, like, that gets out of hand, and he takes away the wrong lessons the same way Sam takes away the wrong lessons, where that becomes not assertive, but aggressive, you know? And, yeah, yeah. I agree. She, her, of those characters, she was the most frustrating to watch, because the whole time, it's like, this wasn't your character the previous seasons we've seen you. Yeah, it just, it's kind of, every once in a while, like, you can see why people choose to do different things. For me, I always felt Sam was smarter than this, and yeah. uh, it sucked to see her go beneath that level. Um, interesting you bring up Kenny. Uh, he was a frustrating character as well. When they wrote him in early on in season four, he looked like he was going to be just such a great kid. Yeah, he looked um, like he was going to be awesome right yeah he's he's the new kid he's he's dancing uh, you know the school bus pulls up and then obviously you see the cyberbullying coming and ultimately you kind of hope he joins maybe johnny lawrence or danny larusso but they that turns quickly he joins cobra kai and you know as you already mentioned, Robbie tries to train him, and then Sensei Kreese and Terry Silver see something in him, and they really push him past that breaking point where he is kind of turned into a, a machine now. Yeah, I I liked him initially, right, because he seemed like a cool kid. I got frustrated with him as a character when I realized they were only doing it to keep the show going because the whole point of Cobra Kai, the Karate Kid is, it's the All-Valley Under-18 tournament. Once these kids are over 18, they don't matter anymore to the story. So they need new kids to keep the story going in new seasons, you know? Because, like, who's going to be at the All-Valley solving all the problems if they're all over 18? It's just not going to happen. Maybe they'll do a college thing. It's possible. Right, but, like, that that was very frustrating for me because it was, like... They could have left the Kenny bit, the Kenny, I just don't know Danny LaRusso's kid's name. Um, They could have just left that that plot out of this season, and it would have been just as good a season, I think. I don't know about that. I, I, I do think there's stuff that comes out of that. It shows Robbie's character growth. Um, it shows Kenny's character growth. It shows promise for Danny LaRusso's kid going forward. Because this shows all about how people can change if they're pushed the right way, whether it's for good or for bad. So, um, okay. What else you got in the pipelines for us? Uh, let's talk about John Kreese. Um, Because he came into the show as the bad guy in season three. And for the majority of this season, he's the bad guy. Um, and then at the very end, he... Tor- was it Tori fighting Sam, and he encourages her not to cheat? Yes. 
right? And, like, he has that, like, that moment of redemption, you know? Like, oh, he's not the bad guy. At this point, he's not the bad guy. Sensei Silver is the bad guy, right? Like, there, there's a distinct moment where that happens in that final episode. And I don't know if it was earned. I, I, But at the same time, I liked his character because we've seen moments of this before, and... It's the reason I like Tori as a character, because he sees this in her in season three. He's offering her a way out through Cobra Kai in season three. They introduce her in season three, right? Yeah. Um, and so, so like, that's, like, he knows, like, Tori's a kid that needs help, and he's trying to help her. And then his, he just has his own agenda in his head get in the way, which is, like, Gotta win the All Valley. Cobra Kai's best. Gotta keep Cobra Kai alive, and that's like what's going on in his head all the way until like the final episode of the, this last season. And I don't think they set it up anywhere before that. And I'm a little disappointed by that. Like there wasn't that conflict between him and Sensei Silver. If anything, I would guess Sensei Silver would have been the good guy at the end of season, at the end of the last episode instead of him. I have a different take on this. Um, it's it's a little similar, but hear me out on this one. Season three, Johnny Lawrence realizes he needs to bring in Sensei Kreese to help these kids grow, right? He realizes he can't do it himself. We get that whole backstory on how John Kreese was like a, a veteran in Vietnam, right? Yeah. Throughout that whole series, we learn a lot about him, how he was yeah. a good guy, how he was in a relationship, how he had morals, and how he was kind of like this war hero, right? Yeah. You um, understand him. Yeah. Yeah. And throughout that, you realize one of those characters is, in fact, Terry Silver. So, like, they run way back. Yeah. Um, and then if you see Karate Kid 3, you know their relationship even got bigger because they had this dream right their whole dream was to build the karate kid cobra kai dojo that symbol is theirs you know because they overcame the cobra yeah but um he's kind of a guy that he's just old school like i never consider him really a villain he's just more of a guy that doesn't always think his actions through until somebody else shows it to him. So in a way, he kind of is like a father figure to Johnny Lawrence because they basically see the lesson through each other. In season three, Johnny Lawrence realizes Sensei Kreese was a bad dude and a bad idea. At the end of season four, John Kreese realizes Terry Silver was a really bad idea. You know, it kind of comes full circle um because johnny crease was trying to ignite a spark in terry silver so that they can get back their dream right and go win a a valley tournament but i guess the question they should have asked themselves was at what cost was that gonna go and how far were they gonna go and at first like terry seems like this guy that has principle and morals and knows right from wrong and like hey we shouldn't attack them before the tournament hey we 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 should save it all for the tournament fuel their fire up here right and like 
Priest was like, no, that's that's not how you do it. You know, you you should fight them head on. And then in the tournament, when Tori's fighting Sam, and Tori accidentally hits Sam, and I think he, the eye. she hurts yeah. her eye. And uh, you see the two senses. Terry says, go ahead, do it again. To the you other know, eye, yeah. Do whatever you got to do to win. And at, at that moment, Kreese realizes what he did and, like, maybe how Johnny Lawrence and Danny LaRusso do have a point. Maybe, maybe we've gone too far. Maybe I should rethink how I'm doing this. So, yeah, there there is a redemption. There's some sympathy flowing his way. And then ultimately what ends up happening to his character in the closing seconds of the show is a total mindfuck. I didn't see it coming. Here, here's the thing. I agree with everything you just said. Every single thing you just said, I agree with. But what happens is, over the course of the season, Robbie realizes he, he's making mistakes with Kenny and he's trying to fix it. They don't show us. They don't show us John Kreese seeing that maybe he's making mistakes with Terry Silver. Terry Silver is definitely getting out of hand as the season goes further and further. But John Kreese isn't like isn't showing us. Ooh, maybe I should stop him. We never see that from him until that final episode. He's just along for the ride until he says, "Don't cheat" in that final episode. Yeah, there's moments like there's a moment where he says fall back in line because remember who I am and what I did for you. Right. He always reminds Terry, like, Hey, I saved your ass in Vietnam. If it wasn't for me, you'd be dead right now. You owe me your life. Right. Like there was, there's that moment in season four where like he pulls Terry aside and he says, Hey, this is my dojo. But like, there's never that assertiveness again where like, you're right. He never really confronts him as he's maybe teaching a bad lesson or doing something where you can turn a blind eye. But Terry's very calculated where I think he knows when to show the Cobra in him. Yeah. Um, Speaking of what, what a villain, man. Was it episode six, the introduction of Stingray? Yeah. Yeah. It's like midway, almost three fourths of the way through. So for those of you listening, if you remember Stingray, he was like the like young 20-year-old fat guy who joined Cobra Kai. And he's like, he was all in on it, super gung-ho. He did not belong there at all. But Johnny Lawrence was going to let him hang around because he wasn't, you know, detrimental to Cobra Kai. He was just a little overexcited. And in Capture the Flag, he ended up winning because he went, like, full-on Rambo. Camo, yeah. yeah. And then we didn't – I forget what happened to him. Maybe he got beat up or something, and we didn't see him for a while. But then he came back, and he's like, I'm back to Cobra Kai without realizing that Cobra Kai had dramatically changed in the time he was gone. He thought it was the same Cobra Kai. And, and at this point, Terry Silver is full-on evil Terry Silver, and – just manipulate and it's just can how 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 would you put it okay so for so first off let's break it down into three things do you like stingray i think he's a great character to have in the show he's a lot of fun to watch when he's on screen 
Yeah, he has a presence about him that I I think people either really love him or really hate him. I don't think there's a lot of in between because he's he's an all or nothing guy. Um, but I personally I enjoy his presence too. Um, he's kind of got that warm like goofy sense yeah. to him. Um, and yeah, he kind of just drifted away. They never really ever mentioned him or what happened to him or anything. So when he finally came back, people were pretty happy to have him back. Um, that was a very hard episode to get through though. Um, because yeah. you, you feel for him. He's a guy that has a next door neighbor that clearly doesn't like him and belittles him every day. So he has to live with that. Then he kind of, Goes to the dojo. Sensei Kreese is there. Um, basically humiliates him in front of everybody. Nobody does anything. He just kind of walks out. He thinks it's a test or something. Yeah. Um, and then later on in the episode, he throws a party. Um, and he thinks... Yeah, for prom. <laughs> and uh, he thinks... The next day he should go back because it was all a test. Like walk away, hey, the next day you come back, you yeah. you passed, right? And unfortunately, when he comes back, Terry Silver's there, and I think he was totally drunk because uh, he had a sequence before that where he's drinking pretty heavily. Um, and he just annihilates Stingray, yeah. and it's very hard to watch. Um. It, it, it's kind of one of those sequences where your stomach just kind of churns. Yeah. Um, like like your jaw drops. You're not expecting this at this point in the show or the series. But he gets the crap beaten out of him. Yeah, and basically how the sequence goes is you want to be Cobra Kai, you think you're Cobra Kai, you got to do something to get into Cobra yeah. Kai. And then yeah. like he just starts whacking on him. And yeah. that's the end of the episode. Right, and you never really get to see Stingray again until the finale, where basically it's yeah. revealed. Yeah, let's get into it. So, final final few minutes of the series, we see that Tori wins the girls' all-valley under 18. She's walking out of the tournament. She sees Terry Silver paying a bribe to the ref, so that's going to turn into something. And then after that, Terry Silver's sitting in his mansion, and John Kreese comes to visit to tell him, hey, like, this is, like, one of John Kreese's redemption moments where he's like, hey, I don't want you in Cobra Kai anymore. You're bad for Cobra Kai. You're a terrible person. And the cops show up, and they arrest John Kreese for beating up Stingray. And you... I, your jaw drops. You're like, what the heck is happening? They take John Kreese away. So now Terry Silver is in charge of Cobra Kai by himself. He's going to franchise it. He's, you know, turn into a money profiting thing. And you, they flash back to him beating up Stingray. And he says, you want to be Cobra Kai? You tell them Sensei Kreese did this to you and you'll be Cobra Kai. And Cobra Kai means more than anything to Stingray at this point. So he's willing to do it. And that's crazy. And it's jaw-dropping, and that's the cliffhanger for season four into season five. Yeah, it's uh, it was definitely one of those moments where I don't think anyone could have seen that coming. If anything, you know, maybe you thought it was going to be a happy ending where Terry Silver was finally going to get it for being awful, right? Karma saying, hey, you paid off the ref, you cheated, 
now you're going to pay the consequences. But this guy is a con artist. He thinks two steps ahead of everybody else. And once they ignited that spark and brought back the old Terry Silver, it's his dojo now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, as far as villains go, he is definitely one of those characters that you got to hate, but you got to love him, too, you know? Yeah, just absolutely. for being the cynic he is so um yeah it's it's it was a great finale though the last like 50 the whole episode really is just so the last episode is phenomenal yeah so much happens um let's touch on a couple character arcs and then uh well a couple things that happened in that finale and then talk about season five yeah and then we'll piggyback into some other stuff. But here's where we're left. Robbie and Johnny have that touching moment we kind of talked about already. The scandal happens. Uh, Sensei Kreese is arrested. Um, basically, Danny and Johnny can't really play again, uh, according to what they agreed to. Cobra Kai gets monopolized, and... Danny and the dude from season two are going to join forces to try to take down Cobra Kai. I forget his name, but he's from Karate Kid 2 as well. Um, yeah. The guy from Japan. So, yeah. um, we're, and then obviously Miguel leaves to go find his father. That's big. We really haven't talked about Miguel at all, but he's he had kind of a non factor this season, honestly. Besides that story plot towards the end with his him finding his dad, he didn't really do much because it was so much focus on the other characters. His story arc basically this season is all about Johnny, Miguel, and Miguel's mom. Yeah. Um, you know, Johnny and Miguel's mom are dating. They're exclusive. They're an item. They don't know how to tell Miguel. We find out early on in the season that Miguel has a dad. Um, that's not in the picture. So, like, throughout this whole series, Johnny's kind of been a father figure for Miguel. And yeah, they've kind of had moments where they look like they bond really well. And that situation could all work out. But Miguel's also been pretty open that he also kind of wants to find his roots and find out who his dad was and all, all that stuff. So... You know, there was a heartbreaking moment when Johnny gets really drunk after the fight with Terry and Sensei Kreese, where he's found on the ground in his apartment. Miguel picks him up, puts him in the bed, and he says, I love you, and then pauses Robbie. And, like, Miguel takes that totally the wrong way. You know, yeah. and it's, it's, such a, it's such a tear-jerking moment because, like, you finally think they're going to have like that father son moment, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so where do you think season five goes? Um, another tournament, there'll a lot more fighting in the streets instead of the all Valley for sure. Uh, Tori and Sam are going to work through their differences. Cause of course they are. Um, that might take, you know, to the last episode, but that's, what's going to happen. Um, Maybe they'll bring back uh, Sam's friend because they brought her back for an episode, and I think they should bring her back. She was a fun character. Um, and then they're going to focus a lot on Kenny and uh, LaRusso Jr. 
I think. Um, you don't I, see Sam ever joining Cobra Kai? I could see it, but I don't think it's going to happen because Cobra Kai is still evil in her head. Like, I, I think I, I think her and Tori both realize that Cobra Kai are, is evil, right? Um, Tori's probably still going to be my favorite character next season based on the way this season ends with her seeing the bribe happen. Um, I just want to say one last thing from season four. One of my favorite scenes is when all the, like, commissioners are, like, coming to debate, like, guys, we got big changes for the All Valley this year. And it's, like, super serious. And, of course, it's just a bunch of, like, you know, townspeople. They don't have any real power. But it seems like they're art. The way it's portrayed, they're, they're like, arguing for hours about what color the mats are going to be in the tournament, like, red or blue. And it's the most mundane argument that doesn't have any consequence, but they're arguing about it, like, like if it's, like, the most important thing in the world. And I love that scene. You know, this, this series is so good at having those moments of comedy. That, you know, bringing Stingray for, like, comic relief and just, you know, just, like, little quips here or there. The hockey fight, again, hilarious. Like, this series does such a good job. This season did a good job with keeping it lighthearted at the right moments. And I wanted to point that out real quick. The debate girl just kicking guys in the balls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's... They always have these cute little quips that they throw in there that are just... Like, little one-liners here and there that are just so satisfying because they know the perfect spot to put them in. Um, my favorite like sequence of season four was when Johnny and Danny learn each other's techniques. Yeah. Um, it's a good montage. I, I think when Johnny's finally learning like wax on wax off and like balancing, yeah. um, I think that that was awesome. Being a diehard, like karate kid fan to finally see like them respecting each other's techniques for the moment. Yeah. Um, was was awesome especially when danny like has to like run across the coals and like go up the the metal rope yeah chain yeah that that was awesome um and yeah just so many highs and lows they really know how to punch you with emotion but also like dial it back with comedy and then the flowing and pacing you can knock this out in a day you know. Yeah, I did. <laughs> like, I'm, I haven't watched the whole thing in a day. Uh, okay, what, what about you? What are your thoughts for season five? So I completely disagree. I think season five, there's not going to be a tournament. And I unfortunately think this might be one of the weaker seasons. Because unfortunately, given where we were left off in season four, there's going to be a lot of setup that needs to happen. Number one, Miguel is going to be in Mexico. Johnny's going to look after him to try to find him. You know that that's going to be a whole plot point. Whether or not they want to show that is strictly up to the writers, of course. They yeah. might just write him off the show for this season, which is why we're bringing in uh, the guy from Karate Kid 2. You know, maybe he's kind of filling in, which I hope isn't the case, but you could do that if you want, right? Um. Yeah, I think this is going to be a lot of like character growth. We're going to see Sensei Crease in jail. Um, we're going to see what Tori does with her decision, right? Does she turn in Sensei Silver or does she turn yeah. a blind eye? 
Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know where they go with it from here. Obviously, Robbie has a choice to make. He's probably going to exit Cobra Kai, but who does he join? Or does he stay with Cobra Kai to kind of spy on them, you know? Yeah. Do you think he starts a fourth dojo? <laughs> uh, depending, on, depending on how long this series goes on, I could see them taking over the respective dojos or okay. just to, agreeing to Ooh. stick to one. I could see, like, in the series finale, a flash forward 15 years in the future where they're all in charge of a different do- dojo, like, taking over. But let me ask you this. How many more seasons do you want this to go on without overstaying its welcome? It It really depends on, like, how how often can you keep it fresh where it doesn't feel like it's a retread, you know? Um, That's difficult because we've touched on so many different things. You can go right ahead and do the Danny LaRusso's son versus Kenny saga, which I don't think would be good. I agree. But you could do that, and that could go on on itself probably for two, three seasons. Uh, you could do a college thing where they all go to college and they they start dojos there. Yeah. Um, you can really milk out season five, six, and seven to be the next tournament where five and six are kind of like builds ups, and seven's the big the big finale, right? Yeah. But like you've already brought back Terry Silver and you brought back all these iconic characters, it ain't going away anytime soon. But you you do want to avoid a retread where something feels too familiar. Yeah. Um, I think w- you you get two seasons before it gets starts getting real familiar because I there was hints of that already, especially with the Larusso kid versus Kenny stuff. Like that's like we I feel like we've kind of seen that a tiny bit already, and so it's like. If they end it on season six, Ken, I'm going to be very happy. Yeah, it, it really depends on what they decide to do with season five. You could do the really quick route of, like, you end episode one where he finds Miguel in Mexico and he's bringing him back. Or, yeah. like, Miguel gets written off the show or or something. But, like, if they deci- if they decide to make that, like, the whole season... Um, that's going to be tough to, yeah, to really allow too much because as I was saying earlier, Johnny's kind of like the heart and soul. So if he's not like involved in the main character picture, uh, I don't think I'll personally enjoy it. And I'm pretty much speak for, I think most of the people that watch the show. Yeah. Uh, but it will be interesting to see where they go. Cause first you know, they have to fight for their right to get back into the tournament in general, unless they just want to take them down non-tournament style and, like, do a courtroom and all that kind of stuff. But I agree. I think if I'm a Netflix executive, I'm I'm going to the writers and I'm going to say, hey, you got two more seasons left and then the show's ending. Because I think the biggest disservice to the show will be either keeping going as long as possible until it's bad, which no one wants, or just you know season five something happens season six 
the show is always ending on a cliffhanger and then they cancel it, that'll be worse. Because like this this show deserves to have closure and the writers deserve to know that ahead of time so they can do it well. Yeah, I I, I don't think this show is ever gonna be canceled. Uh even if it has a underperforming or underwhelming season. I, I think Cobra Kai is just uh, a staple on Netflix. But I agree with you. Uh, I, I would say probably three more seasons. How about okay. that? That's fair. A third season would allow, if you want a future, if you want to look into the future, right? Sure. You want to see Miguel and Sam's kids. You want to see Tori and Robbie's kids. You want to see Johnny and and Danny finally like being lifelong friends and not being dicks all the time. Yeah. Um, that'd be cool. Um, but I, I don't know if we're ever truly going to get closure because any show that's successful typically wants to do a spinoff or a movie or something like that. So who knows? Maybe Karate Kid 5 is in the works, you know? <laughs> yeah. You, you, you don't know. Um, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we wrap things up? All I could say is season four was definitely one of the strongest seasons so far. I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I I just think it's a, a great show. And even if you don't like karate or you don't like, you know, people fighting, I th- I think that this show has enough that it brings to the table that it's worth a watch. Um, Cause there's just life lessons that get taught in here. There's, there's a lot of fun moments as well about people bonding. Um, and like, I, I just think it's people of all ages and sexes can watch this and enjoy it. I think. Yeah. I think it's a well-written show. I think this was a really strong season. Um, and like this was that that's what it was. This was a good season. Um yeah, that's where I'm at. I, I do have one final question for you. Hit me with it. Are you team Cobra Kai, Eagle Fang, or Miyagi Do? Hmm. The lessons from Miyagi Do are probably the best lessons to teach but johnny lawrence is my favorite sensei (laughs) yeah i i would say that i am also team eagle fang um i just think that that would be a blast i would probably die (laughs) oh guaranteed i would die it's not even a question (laughs) but like he just seems like one of those cool guys you know like if you had a cool uncle or like a cool older figure in your life yeah. where they, they were kind of the guy that introduced you to beef jerky and like rock and roll and uh maybe taught you how to do things in a weird way right yeah um his his lessons are just they're so wild but they work you know yeah that, that you know i like Eagle Fang, but the Sorting Hat's gonna put me in Miyagi Do every time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, and like Miyagi Do is also like a great choice too because 
both of them are very passionate and do teach kids lessons in a positive view. You know, there really is no wrong answer unless you pick Cobra Kai, in which case you'll turn out to be a sociopath. (laughs) (laughs) So, but not even because then you take a look at Robbie and Tori and you're like, you know what? These guys, they're just fighting for their lives. Like that's what, that's what Cobra Kai is. It's, You'll, you'll you'll do anything to survive. I honestly want I honestly want to know if like these kids do their own stunts because like if Robbie is actually fighting, he could be the next John Claude Van Damme. Like I mean, <laughs> honestly, based on the way they're fighting in the scenes, yeah, they're doing their own stunts. Like sometimes the hits don't seem fast enough or violent enough, which no offense to the kids, you know, they're kids, they're doing their their stunts. They're probably adults actually. I don't know how old they actually are. Um like, you know, they're learning it. They're getting they got the motions down right. It's just not like as fast as you would expect a karate master because at this point we're assuming they're karate masters, even though they've only been studying karate for like two years. Um we're expecting them to be karate masters, and you would expect a karate master to hit faster right but that's not safe when you're doing stunts yeah i i don't know i wouldn't want to fight any of these kids to be honest like even hawk seems like a scary dude so um we didn't really touch on him but he had a nice character arc this year too kind of kind of fleshing him back because i know when season three ended where he kind of reverts back to the good guys yeah, he People was the kid like, version of the bad guy in season three, right? Because every season there's the adult bad guy and the kid bad guy, and he was the kid bad guy in season three. Yeah, he was kind of like a villain, and then all of a sudden he like stopped being a villain, and people were like really pissed about that. And then I, I think they did a good job fleshing his character out this season because Miyagi-Do wasn't like, hey, yeah, come on back, we missed you. They were kind of hesitant, and they were like, you know what? You got to earn your place here. Yeah. I will say, Rob, I, I said earlier, Robbie made all the right choices. He would, he made a couple wrong choices in relating to Hawk. He was a total dick to Hawk, but that's okay. I yeah. I, I, I mean, Hawk did some really terrible things in the past. I mean, he broke a dude's arm. Um, yeah. He's dropped, kicked a few people in the face. Like, yeah. he definitely had yeah. some karma I, come. I understand why Robbie would shave his head. But that's the show. Final, final thoughts, Ken, or are you done? Uh, If you don't watch this podcast, there will be no mercy. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, tune in next time to the Q Busters.